We'll find Matthew chapter 7 in your New Testament, if you would, please. Matthew 7, we're starting a brand new series this morning called Further Your Faith. And so the question that we want to ask this morning is, what fuels your faith? What makes your faith grow? What makes your faith grow? In your life right now, in this very moment, as you sit in this room, as you think about this question, where are you? Where are you this morning in your faith? Maybe you would answer the question this morning uh, in this way, that your faith has never been stronger. That that you're, 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 you're strong, that you're, you're firmly rooted, you know exactly what you believe, why you believe it, you know how to put that faith into practice this morning, you would say that my faith is strong. Maybe you're on the other side of the question. And you would say this morning, my, my faith is small. And my faith is weaker than it's ever been, that, that I, I'm, I'm struggling, and I've, I've never struggled like this before, but my faith is very small. Maybe you would answer that question with, I have none. I have zero faith this morning. I, I don't know what it means to, to follow Jesus. I don't know what it means to, to trust him. I don't know what it means to have faith. Or I simply have been there and I've done that. I've been strong, I've been weak, and I've decided that it's pointless to me. I have no faith. I'm choosing not to trust. Maybe you would just say, what's faith? Maybe you don't even know what faith is today. And I think we need to be honest with ourselves how we answer those questions. I think we need to be honest how we answer this one singular question this morning and where do we land and what do we say in response? And here's the truth, God already knows where you are anyway, so just be honest. If you're struggling, it's okay. It's, it's truly okay to not be okay because that means you know something is, is, is broken or something needs fixed or something needs some attention. It's okay to say, my faith is weak. It's okay to feel that way. God already knows. And that's a good thing because he alone can help you change and refocus. You see, this world is dark. It's lonely. There are a lot of voices there are a lot of messages. There are a lot of things that are being directed in your way today. There are a lot of confusing things coming our way, and, and so many around us are trying to find fulfillment in all of these things, in all of this stuff. And that's where the faith, for many of you, is resting today. So many of us are trying to find all the things that we need in this world. But as the song so clearly defined that we just sang, we find all that we need in him and him alone and we build our life on that. That's some real theology and doctrine for us to sing this morning. We build our life on that solid foundation. So I want you to think about this question. Who do you know right now, or who have you known that seems to have a strong faith? 
Who do you know? Who have you known in the past that, that had that, that faith that just seemed so unshakable? That it was so solid, it was so, it was something that, that attracted you, like you wanted what they had. Who do you know that has that kind of faith? That nothing seems to rock their worlds. Nothing seems to get them off track. That they, they seem to just, they seem to always get it. And they seem to always get it right. Their perspective is different. Their feelings about all of the things that we navigate, they're just different. They are confident. They trust that God is in control, that nothing seems to trip them up. Who do you know like that? Who's coming to mind this morning? See, when we meet someone like that, we wonder, how did that happen? That's a question. Those are the questions I ask. I ask a lot of questions in my mind. I see people and I'm like, wait, they're going through this circumstance and that is their response? How do they respond like that? Has nothing bad ever happened to them? Is a question that I'll ask sometimes. Has their life been such a cakewalk that they've never struggled or they've never feared, or they've lost faith that God was in control during a certain circumstance or a moment in their life? Or have they just had so much bad happen that they've had great practice at exercising faith that they're just pros at exercising faith? This is what goes on in my head. If you wanna know what goes on in my head, this is what goes on. And then you may wonder, if the things that, that have happened to them happened to me right now, how would I respond? Like right now, if something happened that I didn't like, couldn't explain, didn't have all the answers to, how would I respond in the moment? You see, the opposite scenario can be true as well. We all know someone whose faith seemed to crumble at the first side, the first sign of trouble. That no sooner did the smallest, the, the smallest problem threatened them that they immediately found themselves in a heap of rubble, unable to deal with and exercise faith to see what God might be doing in their hearts. Why? I mean, this was their response because maybe they didn't build their life on that solid foundation that he alone is that, that rock that we build our foundation on. And almost every time we see this happen, it's because their faith never grew. It never went anywhere. They, they technically have faith, right? They, they believe, they, they know Jesus, they've called on him to save them from their sins, but they're just not using, they're just not exercising their faith. And even when it comes to the more mature believers, whatever that actually really means, sometimes we know better but we don't actually do better. And that's what this series is all about today. How does faith grow? How does your faith grow? And every time we hear someone recount their faith journey, where they are in following Jesus, you're gonna hear a, a multitude of things mentioned, but we're gonna study five specific things that, that we see happen when a Christian talks about their faith and how it grows. 
Each of these elements will be present. Things like spiritual disciplines, relationships that are firmly rooted in, in Jesus, uh, serving divine circumstances. These types of things are all a part of someone's faith journey. And when they share their story, when they share their testimony, uh, that's a bad thing to say, I guess, in the church culture these days. But when you share your testimony and what Jesus has done through you, these things are always a part of these discussions. You see, we can, we can know about and we can believe in a lot of things. But knowing and believing things isn't enough. The Pharisees knew things. They had tons of head knowledge. They knew how to trip Jesus up or they thought they did. They knew, they thought they could get Peter and John to be silent. They thought they were super smart and these uneducated men, they were gonna trip them up. They had tons of head knowledge, but they didn't actually do much of anything that mattered. And it was certainly not with their heart. They used their knowledge to be judgmental. I'm not gonna define all of that this morning, but you know what I'm getting at. They used it to be noticed by others. Jesus actually calls them out for that in the Gospels. And they used it to exercise control over God's people. You see, we can know a lot of things. We can know that consumer debt can be a, a pretty bad thing, right? I mean, we can know that, but have we changed our spending? We can know that things like intermittent fasting are, are good for your bodies. If you don't know what that is, Google it. But we actually have to put a plan together to make that successful. We know that, that drugs are bad for us, but don't we need a plan to break from those addictions? We know that sleep is good for our health, but, but do we plan our days and our schedules to get to bed early or to sleep the amount of time that we actually need to be sleeping. You see, in all of these cases, and, 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 and we could talk for hours on all the examples that I could share, and all of these, simply knowing isn't good enough. Knowing is good. It's a great start, but when it comes to our faith, when it comes to your faith, Jesus didn't say we need to just know things. You know, if you read the Gospels, you never see Jesus being impressed by anyone's knowledge. He was never blown away by all the knowledge that someone may have. You know what he was impressed by? Their faith. You see, when we die and we stand before God, he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's not gonna ask how many verses you had memorized and how many other people knew that you had those many verses memorized. He said we need to follow him. And that's what we see the disciples doing. You see, when we actually do the things that Jesus has asked us to do, our faith begins to grow. So if you're there in Matthew chapter seven, I want before we read the text, I want to do a quick recap of what's going on here because we're not going to study this whole section, but Jesus 
is finishing up what we call in the church world the Sermon on the Mount. It's a series of teachings that Jesus gave to a group of people and, and, and we see that it's all about application. What we know, what we do, things like the Beatitudes. There's blessing for doing certain things. He talks about being salt and light. He tells us not to be angry. He says that we should love our enemies. He says that we, we should avoid lustful thoughts. We need to guard our eyes. That we should, we should guard against uh, divorce for, for things that accept adultery. We shouldn't make oaths. We, we learn that retaliation is a bad thing based on the teaching of Jesus. He encourages us to give to the poor, to pray and fast, to lay up treasures that are eternal, that are, that are heaven bound. He encourages his people to not be anxious, to not be judgmental, and he, and he kind of sums it all up with that we should bear good fruit. Now those things can be a challenge, right? I mean, I mean it's tough to not be anxious. It's honestly tough to have that spiritual discipline of prayer. Fasting's really difficult. The things that Jesus highlights here, they're, 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 so, they're such a challenge, but they're also practical. They're not mind-blowing. They're, they're, they're not, they're not this, this, this deep dive. They're just practical life things that we all encounter and all experience. Churches often compare the level of our faith by what we say we believe. But that's not what we see Jesus challenging his followers to focus on. Remember, I want you to remember this. Knowledge is good. Knowledge is great and knowledge is vital. But applying and doing something with that knowledge is what makes the actual difference. So Jesus finishes up this challenge here in Matthew chapter 7. And we already read it, but we're going to read it again together here in verse 24. Jesus says... Everyone then who hears, you should circle or underline or put a box or highlight, whatever you do, draw an arrow, do whatever you want to do, but I think you should underline, do something that word hears. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, and here's your second word, and does them. Everyone who hears and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears, you should circle and underline this section too, these words of mine, and does not, underline both of those, who does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now I've heard hundreds of sermons on this text and it's all about how we, how we build our lives on God's word, which is true, and we just we stand there. We have all the answers. We know how to argue, we know how to debate, we know how to fight and that's what we do. That's how we do these things. I've never heard a sermon on what we actually do with the words that Jesus has given us prior to this statement in Matthew chapter 7. 
You see, we can read, we can know, we can believe all of the things that I just listed. We can believe that, that there is blessings for those who make peace. We can know and believe that there, there is blessing for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We can know that there is, there is blessing in sexual purity. We can know those things, but we cannot do those things. Does that make sense? I know it's, it's not deep, but this is the challenge because this is the practical side. The question is, are we doing these words? He doesn't remind us to just know or believe. He says, whoever hears and does these words, these things, that person is wise. So the first thing this morning I want to highlight is we need to hear God's word. I wonder if in Romans chapter 10 when Paul writes, so faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, if he wasn't thinking about this moment in history. I wonder, he doesn't say, so that's not something to, to, to freak out about, but I wonder if, 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 if this is what he's thinking about. Jesus standing in front of the disciples and the people who are listening around the mountainside and he's saying, hey, hey, here's all the rules, here's all the rules that, and stuff that the Pharisees will teach about, but here's the things that I want you to know and here's the things that I want you to do. These are markers of what it looks like to be a Christ follower. Here's what it looks like to imitate me. Jesus says, whoever hears. Faith comes by hearing. If you want your faith to grow, yes, you must hear. So are you listening to what he says? Let's talk about listening for a second. How well do you listen? And I don't mean like how well do you listen to all of the opinions and all the feelings and all of the stuff that people may say to you, but how well do you listen to the actual words of Jesus. There are a lot of specialists in the church. There are a lot of people who know a lot of things. They don't do a lot of things, and they're mad at the people who are doing a lot of things for doing things that make them comfortable. They don't actually listen to what Jesus tells them to do. And then they're not doing them, and then they're mad at people for doing the things that Jesus tells them to do. So are you actually listening to what Jesus challenges us to do? You see, when you read the Gospels, what do you do with the challenges that are presented to, to followers of Jesus? Because we're told that we need to hear, but we're also told that we need to do his word. We need to apply his word. We all know James 1 verse 22, it says, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Yes, learning and knowing is vital. I hope you hear that this morning because here's what happens. The rumor starts. Zach says we shouldn't know things. And then I get a bunch of emails and people are mad at me about stuff that I didn't actually say. Knowing things is vital. It is important that we know the truth. But James makes it clear that the teaching of Jesus says that we are deceiving ourselves if we think that knowledge is the most vital thing or the end of our efforts. We must put that knowledge into action. It's not about proving how smart we are or sounding more educated. We're actually deceiving ourselves when we don't do what he tells us to do. 
I want you to think of that phrase, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I know that applies to me. When I'm going through a hard time, I don't really pay attention to what facts somebody has memorized or what they know, but I pay attention to whether or not they actually care about me. I mean, think of how this phrase might affect a lost person. I mean, does the unsaved woman in the cubicle next to you or the unsaved guy at school, does he really care how many facts you actually know? The facts influence what you do, so it makes a difference. They actually notice how much your life represents what you're telling them or living, what you're trying to convince them that they actually cannot live without. See, I know a lot of people who who make it known that they know a lot of things. And I'll be honest and, and sadly say that I don't want to look anything like them. And people who are far from God they can see right through that as well. And I don't, think they, I don't think they don't notice, and don't think that they don't notice if your life doesn't match what you say you actually know and believe. You see, what Jesus teaches us is meant to do something. It's supposed to have an impact. It points people to him, and Jesus sets the example. We reflect him. We imitate him. We don't don't reflect ourselves. We are called to follow Jesus. 1 Peter 2, I get the questions all the time about, like, what's the will of God for my life? Well, 1 Peter 2 really highlights it all. It says, this is the will of God, that by doing good, That by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. You see, when we do what a Christ follower is challenged by Jesus himself to do, we make an impact. It's what we do that matters. And if we want our faith to grow, we have to do something with what we know. You see, at the end of it all, here's what, here's what we want to do as a church. We, we want you to know truth, absolutely. We gather together to worship and sing praises to our God. We teach his word. We want you to know truth, absolutely. That's the first step. And truth is of God. That he sets, he, he, he sets the table for what truth is. He is the foundation. But we don't want you to stop there. And way too many people have, and way too many people do. You know, I rarely have a conversation with somebody in the church about what we're doing. Like, nobody comes to me and complains like, hey, all these Christians in our church are doing things that honor Christ. Because there's nothing to complain about. We have a lot of people who are doing things. They know the truth. But we don't want you to stop there. So we want you to know truth. Absolutely, that's what this gathering is all about. Teaching you how to live out the truth of the gospel. To live out the truth of his word in your lives. But we want you to do something with it. This comes back to that first point that I made. We need to hear. So are you listening? 
Are you listening? I mean, we think about, we think, I can't tell you how many questions I've received in the last eight months about the direction of our church and, and all the things and, and, and all the, the confusion that there is about things that, that, that have nothing to do with our mission and our vision and what we're trying to do for the kingdom. We want to make a, a kingdom impact. That's what that series was all about. We want to reach people who are far from God. We want to we wanna take the gospel out to a lost and dying world because that's the thing that Jesus actually told us to do. And I keep saying it over and over again because it's what truly matters. Jesus says, go into all the world, proclaim the gospel, and make disciples. Let's talk about disciple making. Let's talk about are you doing that? I challenged so many of you in the church family several six, seven, eight weeks ago to get involved in making disciples. I encouraged our men and our women, hey, invite someone to go get coffee or sit on your back porch or have a conversation. Invest in someone else. How many of you actually did that? Because that's doing. You can know what a disciple is all day long and it's irrelevant. We have to do. We give of our time, our treasures, and our talents. But the other thing that we want to do is we want to help create next steps to do these things. We want to call you to action. We want to mobilize you. Don't just learn. Know the truth and put it into action. Make ministry that impacts hearts a passion of your life. We've given several different ways for this to happen. The one campaign is one of those ways. We don't tell you every word you need to say as you share the gospel, but we have challenged everyone to have someone that they know who is far from God and to proclaim the gospel to those people, to share the gospel, to build a relationship with someone who doesn't know the Savior, to do something with your faith, to build a relationship, share the gospel, share the hope that you have within you, and then bring someone to come and see and experience what it is that we get to do and experience. We've provided things like our fall family fun night that comes up in October this year. It's just a way to mobilize you to do something. That's what small groups are all about. So we can have deeper conversations about the things that we're, we're learning and we're growing as a church through. And there's so many things that we could list in this next steps area. And we're not gonna do everything, but we wanna do kingdom-focused, kingdom-influenced things. We are not interested in maintaining and preserving in this church. We want to be involved in kingdom work that Jesus wants us to be involved in. You see, if we want our faith to grow, we have to do something with what we know. And so we take the teaching of Jesus, of his word, which is the words of Jesus, and we apply those things to where we are and where we need to actually be. We apply it. I want you to look back at our text real quick because I don't want to just breeze past this because I think it's important for you to at least identify this in our study today. So Jesus says that everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like what? He will be like a wise man 
who built his house, built his life, built his existence, built his everything on the rock. This immovable rock, it's Jesus. Jesus is the unchanging one. He is the one that we strive to look like, the one we want to please, the one we want to do things for. He is the rock. When we hear and we do his word, we are firmly planting our feet on a solid foundation. And when the winds and the rains and the floods and all of the stuff that tries to sneak in and, and wreck your faith, when those things happen, we, we don't crumble because we've built our lives on the rock. That's what a wise person does. 26, and when everyone hears these words of mine and does not do them, will be like, what? Not the wise man, the foolish man who built his house on the sand. It fluctuates, it shifts, it moves. It's so unstable. And the rains come and the floods come and the winds will blow and they're gonna beat against this house, this, 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 this body. And it fell and great was the fall of it. You see, the one who hears his word and doesn't do them is foolish, and his life is built on sand. And so maybe, maybe your faith is weak this morning or small because you've heard, but you haven't done. Maybe you're so easily angered because you hear a lot of things, but you're not actually doing a lot of things. You see, there's nothing wrong with knowing a lot about the Bible, but it's another thing to actually live out what it teaches. And that's why the Christian life can't just be about knowledge. If our faith grows, when God's faithfulness and our works interact with each other, that's something I want to be a part of. You see, Jesus taught a parable, and many of you know this parable of the wise and the foolish builders, and it's through that example that we discover that hearing and learning are never going to be enough, that there's more. The value is always in how we apply what we know, because in the end, it's obedience that makes all the difference. We want to be obedient to the words of Jesus. If you want to grow today, and I hope you do, and maybe you are in that, maybe, you're, maybe you answered that question, that your faith is strong and it's, it's never been stronger. I hope that's so many of you today. I really do. But if you want to grow, you have to apply. You have to do something with it. We have to use that knowledge to help us live lives that are different. Because knowing without doing, it actually creates a weak faith. One that's not gonna hold up during trials and hardships and hurt and apathetic seasons and all the stuff that we as humans deal with. You see, when we look around, when you look around, and I asked that question earlier about who do you know that has that solid faith? That faith that has, that, has, that has garnered your attention. 
they're people who have been doing and not just hearing. And those are the people that I want to pay attention to because that's what I want to look like. I want to look like Matthew 7, verse 24 and 25, not 26 and 27. So what about you? What about you? Do you want your faith to grow? Then do something with what you already know. We've been doing the Forgotten God video series in the class down in the gym. And, and, I, and, and Francis points out, and, and, and it's, my, it's my story as well. The more knowledge that I have actually gained in my Christian life, I have done less with. Some of the most vibrant seasons of my faith were when I knew the least. When Brittany and I were in high school together, and I was just, I, like, grassroots growth, like, I didn't know everything, but I was so fired up for the things of Jesus. I didn't know how to answer every, ob, uh, every, every time someone would have something to say against my faith. If I shared the gospel and somebody had something like, hey, what do you do about this, or what about this in our culture, and I didn't have the answer to that question, I didn't care. Because Jesus had saved me. I believed that he, he lived the life that I couldn't live. He died the death that I deserved. And he, he, he died on the cross for my sins. I believed that he, he says that, that anybody who believes and calls on him can be saved. And, and that fired me up. And I wanted everybody that I knew who didn't know to know. And I didn't care if I had all the answers. And I was more active when I was a teenager in sharing the gospel than I've ever been since. And that sickens my heart. I'm ashamed to say that. I've actually shared the gospel less as a pastor than when I wasn't a pastor. Because I don't count what I do here as me sharing the gospel. I've been so convicted. Because I know a lot of theology. But I don't always do a lot with it. And so don't let your newness to the faith be a barrier. Because as we've been studying, the Holy Spirit's a whole lot stronger than you are. And the Holy Spirit can give you words to say, I didn't say it, he said it. Take it up with the Holy Spirit. He will guide you. He will direct you. He will teach you. He will convict you. He will warn you. He will let you know what you need to do and what you need to say. We hear and we do. When we do something, our faith grows. When we apply, it truly makes a difference. So that's the challenge this week. I don't want you to just know something today. I want you to do something today. So maybe that's a conversation with a friend. Maybe it's a conversation with a kid, your child, I don't know, your spouse. Maybe you need to do something this week with your faith. Maybe you need to attend less classes and less Bible studies. Oh no, good grief, I just said that out loud. But I mean it. 
You can Bible study yourself to death and never do anything with it. So do something with your faith this week. And so that's the challenge this morning. Straight from the words of Jesus, throw everything else that I've said in the toilet. Read Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27 this week. Hear and do, because that's what a wise person will do. Now, what else is there? We'll come back next week for part two of Further Your Faith. We want to encourage you to grab a bulletin each and every Sunday. In it are important things that are coming up in our church. Also is our printed prayer list. We would love for you to to grab that. If you don't like having papers and stuff, you can sign up for our online bulletin. You can also sign up for our online emailed prayer list. It goes out twice a week with all of the additional updates that come in. We would encourage you to do that as well. Be praying for those on that prayer list. We are so grateful for your partnership in gospel ministry here at West Hill. We are really passionate about doing things that make an impact for the kingdom. And your giving helps do that. So thank you so much for giving to ministry here. You can do that online or you can do it at the doors this morning. Let me pray for you and then we'll dismiss. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful for the time that we have had the privilege of gathering together this morning. God, I pray that you would use your word, that we as your people would hear it, that we would know it, but that we would actually apply it and do something with it. So God, I pray that your spirit can do the work, that your spirit would do the work that only it can do in the hearts of your people. So wake up your people to hear and do the things that you've called us to do. God, you will bless that. We will see fruit. We will bear good fruit if we hear and do. So God, may we be a people who are doers of your word. Lord, help us not to just deceive ourselves with all of our own opinions and feelings, but to seek you above all things and live to please you above all things. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Have a good week. We'll see you next Sunday.